What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Seth Hawkins. Welcome to the Seth Talks podcast. My guest today is a nursing student at Clemson University, a track and field athlete, hard worker. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Right now, here is Harley White. Harley, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. I think this has been like two months in the making. We've been trying to get this thing <laughs> sorted out, but I'm so glad that I have your time here today. I'm a, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Right off the bat, I know how busy you are with everything that you do between your schoolwork, you got sports going on, and also your academics as well. How do you find that balance between juggling all three of those things? You know, I really think it's just a time management thing. You know, I get that question all the time. Like, how do you do nursing and track? And actually, so right now I am getting my master's at Clemson. So it's my fifth year on the track because of COVID. So I had that extra year of eligibility. I'm getting my master's in business administration. I graduated with my BS in nursing in May. And I actually start a part-time job in two weeks. So I'll be working as a staff nurse part-time. But... I don't know. I kind of just, it's just something that I know I have to do and something I makes it even better. I just wake up and say, you just got to get to it, you know? I don't really have time to think about all the other things I could be doing because this is what I like. It's my passion. And I feel like when you're passionate about something, it just makes doing it easier and more enjoyable. But definitely the time management piece is key. Yeah. I've also found that when I add stuff to my schedule that I have to be doing the things that I want to do. Otherwise, I'm just I'm not going to be happy doing it. So it's all about adding the things that you like to do to your schedule. So that way, when you're amongst the grind and you're really working hard, that you are enjoying the process because, you know, at the end that you're working for something good in the end. For sure. Definitely. That's definitely what it is, because, you know, it's like for track. People say, you could have just worked, like, you could have just, like, gone straight into work. And I did consider that at first. And I was like, well, I'm actually enjoying tech. You know, that's something I enjoy doing. People want to do what I'm doing right now. People aren't in the place that I'm at. So I might as well take advantage of it and do one more year. And that's what makes it even more fun. Like, this year, I think, one track's probably going to be the best year for my team collectively. And my junk group, we have a lot of people here. We have some new faces, some old faces that are back. And it's just. And team culture is just different when you know it's like your last time and you're just trying to make the most out of everything. Because I know at this time next year, I'll probably be done. Finish, I'll be almost ready to finish up my degree. And it's like, OK, I only have two more years of college left, so I'm going to definitely make the most out of it. 
Right. Just a follow-up question to that. You know, this is your fifth year now at Clemson. You're pretty much a seasoned veteran of the game now since you've been there for a while now. How do you find yourself in that role? Do you like it? Do you find yourself helping a lot of the younger talent out there who's just starting off at Clemson? I love it. It's so funny. We have I have a transfer from my friend who's from Cincinnati. We call him Grandpa. So I'm like the grandma of our group. But I have, we have, we have a lot of younger people in my group. There's some freshmen and it's so funny. One of my, I had, I hope, so when you recruit people in college, when they go on their visits, you you have hosts in the recruit. So the girl that I was a host for, it's her junior year, which is so crazy because I was her host my sophomore year of college. So it's like, I've watched her grow, excuse me, I've seen her blossom. And I don't know, just being kind of that role model figure I feel like I take that place for a lot of them and I appreciate it because it just I just make sure that I know I have to be on my best game at all times while still having fun of course but I definitely see myself as a role model and they come for me for a lot on and off the track stuff about school life in general and I'm glad that I can be that person for them because I was kind of our group was young when I first came in so I really didn't have that figure for me so I'm just making sure that I'm what I would have liked to have for them when I was their age. Right. You're passing it on and you're passing it forward. And that's all you can do. And the hope is that they do the same. And that's just a continued cycle for, you know, years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Between your schedule and what you do, how do you find time for self-care? Like, how do you find time to do the things that you like to do personally in your downtime? So it's crazy that you, when I saw this question, I was looking over the questions. It's so great that so Clemson has meant they made a mandate this year that you can have two mental health days per semester so I think that is awesome I haven't taken any yet but for my own personal doing well I only have class twice a week so I have class on Tuesdays all day and then Wednesday evenings from 6 to 8 45 but on the other days you know it's just sometimes you wake up and you're like okay I'm not going to do anything today besides like go to practice because I have to go to practice but well I want to go to practice but you know whatever but I don't know. Some days you just know, like, when you need to do it. Like, I take, I'm taking economics, and that's totally different from everything nursing that I've ever done in all of my undergrad. So, again, from class Tuesdays, sometimes I was like, okay, yeah, today's definitely a day. I need to take a bath and drink some wine if I need to. But, I don't know. My body knows when I need it. My mental eye, in my mind, I know when I need to just not be on my phone and read. I know when I need to just not try to do anything or like if my friends are going out I have no problem saying no like if I don't feel like doing something I'm not going to do it and I'm going to sit and just be by my lonesome which is fine which is what we all need but in the midst of my schedule if there's something going on but I know it can wait till the next day even though I probably should get it done I'll put it on hold if I need to take care of myself because at the end of the day I'm always going to get it done but if I just need at least like an hour like sometimes I just have to go on a walk and that's okay, even though I need to stop my homework and just take a break. It's just little things like that. When you know that you need a break, it's important to just take it. No matter what you have going, you have to put yourself first. And I never, I don't think I really struggled with that. I struggled with that my freshman year just because I was on campus like every day going to class. But um, after I learned that to take care of me first, it was never, it hasn't been an issue since then. That's awesome. Like me personally, I've also been listening to my body and learning when it's time for me to take a break. Cause right now I'm on a full time schedule with school. Also, I do math. I do my EDU classes and everything. And sometimes mm-hmm. it just gets to be overwhelming. And if I see something that's due in like, 
four days or if it's due in like three days, rather than pushing through my mental exhaustion, I just put it to the side and I go, I'm, I'm taking oh, yeah, a break today. Sure. I'm playing Xbox. I'm going for a run. I'm just going to read a book outside go. of nature. Like I'm just, I'm doing that, you know, I'm putting myself right. first. So that way I do have that energy and I have that drive to, you know, take care of what I got to do. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's so important. I don't think, I think a lot of people realize it, but they might not know how to take the break and like actually put it into action. But yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, because I always had the fear of stopping because like, I always had a fear of like, I feel like if I stop, I'm just going to get content with where I'm at and I'm just going to just stop completely. But, you know, I always realize when I do give myself that time and I give myself that rest, that drive to just keep going and to do those assignments and knock them out. It's just even better once I'm done resting. So that's just what oh, I yeah, do. For sure. Mm hmm. And so shifting gears from that, I had an athlete on the show a few weeks back and he was explaining to me, I guess, some of the struggles that athletes have when they have, you know, issues with their mental health. Obviously, Simone Biles and what she went through during the Olympics this summer. That's one thing, you know, you can pinpoint as an athlete. How important is it to prioritize, you know, your mental health? I think it's the most important thing when it comes to like being in shape or like eating healthy. Your mind, I feel like in all sports it's like 90% mental and 10% is like talent and all the rest of the stuff. But like for me, my personal journey at Clemson it hasn't always been so like uphill for me. Like my freshman year, my sophomore year, I struggled off the track, but I was doing fine in school. Um, but it took me like three years to find my drive to just be my old self on the track like I was in high school. And it took me a long time to figure out I just needed to have fun with it. Like, I was putting way too much pressure on myself to try to perform to what my coach wanted me to perform as. And it wasn't even anything bad. Like, it was just, I was just so caught up in, all right, if I don't jump this and this meet, like, there's no way I'm going to do X, Y, Z in the future. And I was, I was stuck when, like, I have to be eating this, I can't eat that. And I was, like, depriving myself of things that I love. And it just, like, it just all went downhill really fast. But... Like, I lost, like, 15 pounds after my freshman year because I thought I was too heavy to jump. And then I came back sophomore year. Like, I did a little better, but, like, not any better to where 15 pounds really made a difference. And that really messed with my head a lot. Just like, okay, I'm eating healthy. I lost the weight. I'm lighter. But, like, why am I not jumping far? So I saw, like, our mental health counselor here for the student athletes. And we kind of went through some things. And she kind of helped me get my mojo back. And I, that part that I thought like I was saying like really just having fun I feel like that's where I started to become myself again like it was never really like I stopped worrying about the short-term goals like when I would go to a meet our coach used to make us write down three goals that we wanted to have like accomplished by the end of the meet and one of mine was always like a numerical goal so like if I don't jump this then I would be so upset with myself and I kind of changed those goals into like Goals that were, like, more, not even, like, my goals were unrealistic, but, like, more attainable goals I could make sure, like, I could definitely achieve on that day, even if I, like, didn't hit that mark. So, like, it would be, like, be more powerful off of my first phase or, like, attack into phase three. Like, things like that instead of, like, a numerical goal. And after doing that, I don't know, things just got easier. I started having so much more fun. I was easier on myself about it. And I really changed my mindset to, like, instead of, being so hard on myself, like, you need to just take, like, people, like I said earlier, people want to be in the position I'm in, like, at a D1 school, doing, doing a, um, doing a sport, 
And once I, like, kind of realized that, like, I get to do this and that I have to do this, that kind of transitioned my thinking. And, like, this is fun. It's supposed to be fun. Like, I'm here to compete. I'm here to have fun. And once I got back on that wave, like, I literally blossomed. Like, I was PRing me after me. I was having fun with it. I was smiling all the time. Like, I would be like, yes, I get to go to practice today. I get to train. Like, I get to get better today. And it was a struggle, like I said, but... I don't know. It all came together. A lot of praying, a lot of journaling, a lot of seeing my counselor, um, practicing new habits. And I'm just in a really good mindset now. And I hate that I was there, but, you know, it's part of the journey and it, it just has to happen. So it's all going well now. Right. That's awesome. There's always this like adjustment period, I feel like, in college. And my aunt made this really good analogy a few weeks ago where that period where you're 18 to 19 up until you're 25, you just hit puberty a second time and you're just adjusting to life. And it's so like difficult and it's so hard because you're putting so much pressure on yourself to meet these expectations from other people. And you're also setting these high mm-hmm. expectations for yourself. And at times when you don't meet those expectations, it's just so disheartening and it's so discouraging when you're just trying to pursue and just figure things out for yourself as a young woman or as a young man it's just really difficult but you know it's like you said through introspection through journaling setting goals for yourself prayer it's like all those things can help you know I feel like the past month of September I feel like I've kind of grown spiritually in a lot of ways it was never easy it was really hard you know getting through the entire month but hey today's October 1st and I got through it, you know what I mean? But it's it's not easy, you know? But I feel like Mm -hmm. if you are consistent with that formula of setting goals for yourself, writing down stuff in your journal, you know, talking to people, whether that's a counselor or friends and family, you know, I feel like you will get to that point that you want to get to. But it's just, it's all about time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely perseverance, you know? And it's always like, okay, like, I know God is testing me, but, like, why is this test two and a half years long, right? Like... Sometimes for some people, like, progress can happen in, like, leaps and bounds. And other people, it's kind of like baby steps. And I was definitely a baby step person, which is okay. And, like, in the time, I'm like, okay, like, your time's coming. And, like, you know how you get, like, that false hope sometimes? I would have to literally be like, it's not false hope. Like, your time will come. And it's, like, last year. Last year was definitely a test of faith. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've heard how our men's team got cut last year. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. So our our men's team got cut like probably like September ish last year. So immediately my coach was like, okay, because no, we heard after our athletic director said our men's team got cut because of budget reasons. But you know, Clemson is a Power Five school. No, we're not doing as great on the field in football as this year as we were in previous years. So, like, you know Clemson has money, so the budget should not be a problem. And then, really, it was just an excuse to just get more money to fo- get more money to football, honestly. But, so, our team got cut, and I think that's really when our team switched to, like, all right, we can't go outside. Like, we have to come together, men and women. And I was the women's liaison for Save, Clem- Save Clemson's men's track and field. And it took us five months. We got the team reinstated. But right after we got, before we got the team reinstated, after our indoor season, because you know, track, you have an indoor and outdoor season, our coach, my specific event group coach, he, he quit. And we were coachless for a month. My group was coachless for a month. And during that month, 
some, there was three people in my group that quit to, well, they opted out because of like COVID, you can opt out. So they opted out and it was just a group of girls and I was the oldest one in the group. Some young ones that are still new to the sport. I know one of our girls, she had COVID. So it was just a culmination of events that just were tragic. And, you know, in that time, that's when I really like was like, okay, you really need to lock in. Like this really needs to be your season because people are looking at us like our team's falling apart. My coach isn't here. I don't have a coach. I was coached by like three different coaches in the span of two weeks before we got our new coach. And I was also like, okay, do I enter the transfer portal? Because I don't know if the coach that I had, if he's going to be here this year. So I entered the transfer portal. I was getting recruited, but with Joe, I was like, you know, I just need to make the best out of this. Like, to make Coach be happy, to show like everybody else on our team, like our group is not falling apart, even though it very much was. But I didn't want it to seem like that. And that's I literally had my best season ever last year, which is so crazy. Like, coachless, got a new coach, was coached by three other coaches, had the best season ever. And like this year, our group, we have like 13 people in our group. Last year, it was it went from like five to 13. Wow. So we have a lot of people in our group this year. We're healthy. I don't know. It was just, it was a lot. But that's why I was saying, like, the test of faith. Like, you never know what's coming. Like, that was a really, a hard five months for our team. Like, a really hard five months. But they're back. My coach isn't back. But the new coach I have, Coach Joe, like, he's phenomenal. I was like, I just, he's my guy. Like, he's young. It's a very different dynamic. But it's definitely something that needed to happen, even though it seemed like it was terrible when it did happen. But that's just, like, the small progress can literally be monumental change in the future and that's I guess what I was waiting on and it was came in a weird way but it worked out and it always will like with God like everything will always work out if you just keep your faith in him and trust in him I think it's a beautiful thing how the Lord puts so much, you know, perseverance in us and strength in us when we are just so weak. It's just so crazy. You know, I think it's just so insane. I think the real heroes are the ones that get up every morning and, you know, their demeanor may say one thing, but their eyes are just so tired and they just look so Mm -hmm. defeated. But here they are getting up, doing what they have to do, handling their responsibilities and still having that faith that something good is going to come out of the situation. And then out of nowhere, boom, the Lord blesses you with something so incredible that you wanted, that you asked for, that you probably didn't think you were going to get, but you still believed Mm -hmm. in your heart that you were going to get it. And then, you know, your situation turns out better. And in your case, it was the Olympic trials. For sure, yeah. Was, but we'll, 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 so touch on, we'll touch on that on episode two. We'll touch on that on episode two. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I just think that's an incredible story, just how, you know, your perseverance had paid off. And in the moment, there was so much tension and strife going on. Everything was kind of falling apart. But, you know, in a way, you were the glue that kept everything together. And mm-hmm. your strength built everybody else up. And you were able to come out on top in the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely was. And it's so crazy. Like, I never really like to, like, brag about myself or anything. But I don't know. It's just sometimes I'm, like, I hear people, like, complaining about, like, their schedules as being a student athlete. And I'm just looking at them, like, you have, like, nowhere near as many things to do that, like, I'm doing. And I try to, like, tell them that without saying that because I'm, like, you know, you can do it. Like, we all have the same schedule. Like, you just have to make sure you're doing Sticking to your schedule, like, let me be on your phone a little less, but like, just small things like that. But like, I, like you said, like the perseverance, that's, that's 
really all it is. Like you just have to wake up and say, I have this to do today and I'm going to get it done. And then once you accomplish it, you can be like the smallest goal ever. But once you do something, my thing for me is in my agenda book, when I can check something off, I don't know why I feel so accomplished. Like if I can check everything off that I need to do in the day, it's just the best feeling ever. But like little small things like that just remind me that I'm definitely a go-getter in everything that I do. Like my internal drive is like through the roof. And I keep myself busy, as you know. That's why it's taken us a month and a half to get this show recorded. But I don't know. It's just I like being busy. I like to be accomplished. And I like to challenge myself. I think that's the fun thing about life. I don't really know. I think I just went on a tangent. I only remember if you asked me a question or not. (laughs) No, I didn't. We were just talking. We were just having a conversation about that, honestly. I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I just set a goal. I set goals every week of a list of things that I want to do. And one of those goals mm-hmm. was each week is I want to finish this new book that I buy. And it's like each week mm-hmm. I'm able to finish that book and it's like on to the next. And literally, I just finished a book that I bought, I want to say on Saturday. I just finished it today. Awesome. So I was like, yeah, I get to move on to the next book that I want to read. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just those things like challenging yourself. Like I love challenging myself also. I feel like that really benefits my mental health when I'm setting goals and challenges for myself and I'm just taking care of my responsibilities for sure and then you see that you're capable and like you can literally do anything when you set your mind to it like i feel like that's the best thing ever i love that that's great exactly one of the self-realizations i've learned this month is the ability to be vulnerable and express my emotions express how i feel the ability to be vulnerable and transparent with your emotions and how you feel with certain people you know that are close to you how do you feel like that's important for self-growth it's so funny because I did, I don't know if you know, but on my um, Instagram, I have like these Thursdays topics that I do. I try to do them like every two weeks, um, really just whenever I can. But um, I had a vulnerability talk, I think it was maybe three or four weeks ago. And I wanted to do the topic because I had to watch a TED Talk for one of my class called The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. And... Literally, like, it's things that you think about, you know, but you never really, like, put into action. But being vulnerable, it's just, it's just being real with yourself, you know, like, and others. Like, you have to be vulnerable in order to really know yourself and, like, know your your intuition, know what you want to do, who you're good for, what you're not good for, what you like, what you don't like. And I feel like that's so important because it just allows yourself to, like, see the real inner you. And I don't know, it's just a part of finding yourself. Like you can't, I mean, you you must definitely can't fake it till you make it, but that's that can't last forever. And it can be like in real life and relationships, like intimate relationships or not, like relationships just with your friends and your family. But if you're not being your authentic self and like making sure that you understand what's going on in your head, what's going on in your body and how you're displaying those things, I feel like you're trapped. Like, you're trapped mentally. And if you're not, I don't know, you just have to be real with yourself. Because if you're not being vulnerable, you're never going to reach that next phase of, it could be, like, your breakthrough. Like, if you're not telling someone how you really feel, they're never going to know how you feel. And if you do tell them how you feel and they don't feel the same way, like, it's okay. At least you were honest with yourself. And that means you just probably weren't for that person. Like, if it was in a relationship, like, that type of path. But... Even with yourself, like if you're if you're lying to yourself to try to just stay complacent and content where you are in life, it's not 
you're not going to really grow from that or benefit from that. So you might as well just be real with yourself. Um, find that introspection journal, figure out what you like and your dislikes, what you can tolerate, and what you can't tolerate. I feel like that's so important when you're trying to grow, especially like in our age, like you're on set 18 to 25, so much comes our way. And like, we have so many things going on in life around us. It's just, just be honest with yourself. And I feel like that can take you a long way. Right. I wrote this down in my journal when I was doing some thinking. I like sitting by the water and I wrote this down because the Lord put it in my mind. But the greatest relationships you can ever have is the relationship with God and the relationship with yourself. I think it's important Mm -hmm. to always build your relationship with God, continue to work on that and build that foundation with him. But you also have to build that foundation within yourself. You have to, you know, love yourself and appreciate yourself. And people have been saying that for years. I've heard people say that to me for years and I didn't really get it. You know, I tried loving myself, but I was never vulnerable. I was never honest with my emotions and how I felt on the inside. You know, like like you said, I was faking it till I made it. You know, I posted all these inspirational quotes. I do these podcasts with all these people and I'd be sprouting out these positive statements. And while all of that is good, I was never really doing the inner work for myself. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until August that I started writing in the journals that my aunt would give me that I really started tapping into myself. I started tapping into my spiritual side and everything that people have been saying to me, all of the self-improvement videos that I was listening to over the years, all of it made sense. And I just started applying it to myself. So now I use that journal as my foundation. Like that's just my foundation of how I want to build my life and live my life. And I learned that if my relationship with God isn't stable, then the relationship with myself isn't going to be stable. Oh, for sure. And if all of those things aren't stable, then all the relationships that I have with my family, with my friends, all of that isn't going to be stable either. So I feel like if people focus on those two things, the relationship with the Lord and focusing on their relationship with themselves, then everything else will fall into play. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm so glad that you're able to just be vulnerable with yourself this should i don't know i need to make a thursday topic about this but you know a lot of black men like don't want to do that because i don't know they just think it's weak and they're not honestly they're not taught to do that from a young age which is sad to me because like if you're not vulnerable like you're probably not gonna you're gonna have trouble finding like a relationship that's meant for you like if you're not able to express your emotions fully and when we come back to like being vulnerable with, with yourself I, I read a lot of poetry. Like, I like to read poetry. But I don't know. Like, if you're just not... Like, everybody says you have to love yourself first before you can love somebody else. And, like, why I do think that is true. But I think what needs to be said is the love that you have, that you can give to other people, you need to make sure you give that to yourself. Like, we give, so, we give people so much grace and so much love. Like, when people do wrong by us, like... We forgive them, but, like, we need to forgive ourselves for the things, like, for heartache. If we go through heartache, we don't need to be, like, so upset. We need to give ourselves grace. Like, it's okay. Like, you're learning. We're still learning. Like, things are going to be fine. Like, I feel like we need to remember the love that we pour into others is what we need to pour into ourselves, which comes from that relationship from God, from finding yourself, from being vulnerable with your emotions. Like, everything that you just talked about, I feel like that's just something important that especially black men in our culture just aren't. I guess, in tune with because we aren't really taught it, but I don't know. I wish there was some way that we could change that. No, I agree. Like, I'm trying to change that for myself because I was always the type that would emotionally just shut down and I would just never really express myself. 
And now that I have been, you know, expressing myself for these past few months, it can be hard because there are times when people just don't really understand, you know, what you're trying to convey or you make a phone call and there's no answer. And it's just like, wow, you know, I'm putting myself out there. I'm trying to be, you know, vulnerable. And it just seems like I'm not getting that type of care that, you know, I feel like that I need at this moment. And it can be daunting and it can make me want to kind of shut down all over again. But it's just like, you know, I can't. I have to keep going with this progress and expressing myself because the more, you know, you get it out there, that weight that you feel on your shoulders or on your chest, it like it just gets lifted off of you. And there's this just sense of relief that, you know, you finally got this thing that's been on your mind for so long. And I don't know, it's, it's such a great thing. I wish I was doing this earlier, like in high school and earlier in college. But, you know, these are just lessons that, you know, I'm able to oh, teach yeah. everybody now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'm the same way. Like, I haven't always, it's so, I always tell myself, I'm like, I've grown so much, like the past five years. Like, it's just so crazy, just like spiritually, intellectually. And honestly, like, I wish that like I knew a lot of the stuff about myself now that like in high school but then again I'm like no I needed to learn that you know like of course I wish I could like handle things better and like I was more into my emotions back then because I I used to be I wasn't mean but like I used to be cold-hearted like in high school like it was I wasn't like mean I was never mean but right. I'm very more open-minded now than I was then and I'm still learning of course I'm still growing but I don't know, it's just so crazy to see your pro like your progress within yourself, and it's just so fun because like wow, like what are the next five years going to look like? Like if I'm doing so well now, I can't wait to see how I just grow even more, and that's that's so exciting to me. Like your self growth journey is just like the best thing ever, and I love that you're coming up on yours. That's good to hear. I'm happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to look at my weaknesses as my strengths. You know, what I used to think as a weakness was expressing myself you know, being forward with how I feel and communication. I always viewed that as a weakness. Now I'm trying to view that as a strength because as you said, not a lot of black men out here are doing those things. So what I used to think as weakness or what sometimes I still view as weakness, I'm trying to view that as a strength. Mm -hmm, For sure. I think that's important too. Like our weaknesses, even though they make some weaknesses, they make us stronger. So I think that's great idea or advice honestly whoever's listening to this like your weaknesses are your strengths because they're only going to make you stronger in the long run yeah gabrielle union she actually did a podcast and that kind of helped me change my perspective where she was kind of touching on her life experiences and everything that she went through and she went to a therapist and her therapist was just like you know what if you took your weaknesses everything that you viewed as a weakness and you viewed that as a strength or what if you know, you looked at a world at a different sense, utilizing problem solving skills, using all of those different tools. What have you viewed all of the as a superpower, as your super strength versus as a weakness? And of course, she blew that off. I don't know. I think that's just part of the black culture. You know, we're just so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I think we're so headstrong sometimes and we can be uh, yeah. we can be stubborn and we're just like, we don't we don't need that. You know, we've been soldiering on for all these years. We don't we don't need that self-positive talk. But mm-hmm. she talked in the podcast over time when she started implementing those things, became more forgiving of herself, became more empathetic to the people around her and, you know, viewing her so-called weaknesses as strengths. You know, life got better for her. So I feel like if people are able to take the things that they don't like about themselves, 
you know, work on it, try to hone it, but also view that as a strength that can just help them moving forward in their life. Oh, yeah, I think that's so important. Like, very well said. I really think we are very headstrong, you know, like we learn from a young age that like, because we know we're the minorities wherever we are and we just have to not be loud enough in the room to be seen, but we have to make sure that our presence is felt and that we are doing exactly everything, exactly what everybody else is doing, if not better. Like we always try to be the best and like, you're trying to be the best. You don't have time to be weak. You don't have time to mess up. I think that's where a lot of my perfectionists and myself comes from because I've always been like, you know, in Calvert County, we're predominantly white now in schools. Like I've always, from a young age, I've always been, I have to be one of the smartest rooms, one of the smartest ones in this classroom. I have to be one of the top people in my class. Like, and that's not a problem. Like that's where the go-getter in me is like where I've become very driven. But at the same time, it's like, we have so much pressure on ourselves that like when we mess up or we like get a bad grade, like, I used to be like the end of the world to me. Like when I used to, I was a straight A student for the longest time until I got to like calculus in high school. I was like, mom, I have a C. And it was, it was awful. But like after that, and when you come to college, you just, GPA doesn't matter. You're going to get, a, you're going to get a job regardless at the end of the day. I mean, it does matter. But like it's not the end of the world if you're getting a three, five when you're, um, when grades come out. But I totally understand what you're saying. Like, we are definitely very headstrong, but at the same time, we need to give ourselves grace in all that we do because we keep that fixed mindset of we're so strong. Like, we don't have to go see a therapist or, like, I'm just going to pray about it and everything's going to be fine, which is great. But, like, sometimes you do need to talk to somebody, like, especially, like, if your mental's not in the right place. Like, that could take a long time to get right on track. And it is, it's hard. Like, it's a process, but... I don't know, once you use your resources and talk to people, I feel like that can help us get out of that headstrong mindset that we don't need outside help because of how we were raised and how we were taught that we very much do in order to be successful. Exactly. I can totally relate to the perfectionist thing that you were talking about because I've always felt the need to stand out when I was in school just because, again, I'm around all these people. I feel like, you know, they're smarter than me or I feel like I'm not giving I'm not being given the chances like they are. So I always went above above and beyond just to stand out with my grades and everything. I wasn't an athlete. So, you know, how am I going to stand out to these teachers who are coaches and everything? So and I put that pressure on myself and I feel like it did, you know, benefit me. But like you said, if I would get a bad grade, oh my goodness, it was the end of the world. I would stress myself out. Like the, the past spring, this past spring semester, I got my first C in college and it was in science. And I was just like, man, like I really got a C. But afterwards, I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, you know, I passed the class. Like, right. it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, it is what it is. So it's, it's definitely a struggle trying to break that perfectionist mindset because I have that drive. I am driven to achieve my goals. But, you know, the ability to let go of your perfectionist ideas and to, be, to begin embracing your imperfections, you know, the things that you don't like about yourself, embracing those things and continuing to work on those things, I feel like that'll benefit you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think it will because once I just, like, stopped being so focused on, like, things that I can't control, I mean, I guess I can control how much I study and stuff, but, like, if you get, if you get like, that bad grade, it's just, like, it's a grade, you know? Like, 
it's not, I'm not about to die over this braid, so it's fine. And then, like, once I, like, realized that, life became so much easier for me in college. Like, my, this is my junior year, my junior year, so two years ago, this time two years ago, I was taking patho and pharmacology for my nursing core classes. Farm was literally the hardest class I've ever taken in my life. And, like, no matter how much I studied, like, I could stay up and study, start preparing two weeks in a row, two weeks before, I could still get like a 74 in the test. So I was like, you know what? It's just not even worth it. I'm going to know what I know. And then literally after that, I think I got like three points better on like the next test. But even though like I ended up with a C that semester, I was just like, you know, I tried my best and it's fine. And life gets so much easier when you don't put so much tension and stress on yourself and you just like do things and accept them as they are. I feel like life is just so much easier and things become more fun too. Like, I was actually enjoying what I was learning instead of trying to like, okay, I need to make sure like I'm understanding this to know this for the test. And like, I wouldn't even know it anyway. So it's like, just relax, relax and breathe. And like things will fall in place if they're supposed to be there. Right. I know you said earlier that you did go to a counselor and you did go to therapy. Is therapy something that you Mm -hmm. still do to this day or do you not do it anymore? I don't as much. Um, My sports psychologist, I saw her for probably like a year and a half. Um, we still text every once in a while, but like if I, I feel like I'm in a good place mentally now that like, I know if I needed to go back, I definitely would. But um, no, I have, I'm not seeing anybody right now, but I definitely know like if something were to happen and I needed to talk to somebody besides like my mom or my friends, I would definitely go back in a heartbeat. But I feel like I, um, a lot of the tactics and stuff that she taught me and that we learned like specifically like for my, jumping event and like just for outside things um I feel like I have a good grasp on them now and I feel like I'm seasoned enough to I kind of know what to do when I need to do it but also like if I needed to go back for anything else I definitely would be open to going back not a problem at all that's good and like at first at first I was nervous I was like okay because like our their built their offices are like right in the main building where all the athletes go for like lunch for tutoring. So it's like, okay, they're going to see me walking into her office. And I was like, at first I was like, okay, that's kind of embarrassing. Like they're going to see that I'm going to talk to somebody. And I was like, no, I just really need to go talk to her to like get myself better. And then it's like over the, over the weeks, like you see other athletes going too. So like, okay, you know, it's not just you, which is like reassuring that like, I know that I'm struggling, but like other people are too. And you see like people coming out crying. So it's like, okay, they're being vulnerable. Like it's okay if I cry too. And it just makes it so much easier. But, yeah, no, if I needed to go back, I definitely would go back within a heartbeat. Yeah, that's definitely, good. Definitely not scared of. Honestly, I don't care what anybody thinks anyway, so, yeah. Right, exactly. I know with me, I always slow down treatment in the summer just because I usually feel better in the summer. But usually, mm-hmm. usually the colder weather when it's like fall, winter, it's like I'm in therapy probably every two weeks or, mm-hmm. or every week probably just because, again, I'm still struggling with like that headstrong, stubborn mentality. So usually I don't go to people in the family or I don't go to friends with how I feel. I got to go to somebody. <laughs> I feel comfortable talking to my therapist every week. So, you know, I, I do that. But I mean, it's it's definitely helpful. I hope in the coming years, there's less of a stigma on mental health and we begin to prioritize yeah. the brain, just like we prioritize any other physical, you know, injury that we may face with our body. You know, I think the pandemic really taught people the importance of mental health. And with stuff now mm-hmm. opening up or potentially shutting down again, I feel like now more than ever, we need something, you know, we need people to talk to. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like, and I feel like it's kind of like on our um, generation to like change this because we are so into social media, like our age group more than ever. We're so, we're exposed so much on social media and like TikTok, whatever it may be. But like the mental health game, it's crazy. Like that definitely needs to be a priority. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or if you're in education, like wherever you are in life, like your mental has to be strong. And it's not gonna be strong if you're not work if you're not training it, you know, just like a sport. Like you have to train yourself to do what you wanna do. And if you're not training your mental, you're not gonna be able to do the things to your optimal ability if you're not I don't know if you're not mentally strong, and I feel like we do need to just get rid of the stigma because it is so important for us to take care of our mental health because I feel like that's one of the most important things that you have to do, like, in life. If your mental's not good, I feel like nothing else is really going to be as good as it can be, at least. Yeah, I agree. We got to set the example for this young generation and for the next generation of people coming up, and so I feel like with a podcast like mine or other podcasts that touches on mental health and you have more celebrities and these people in high positions coming out and discussing mental health and breaking that stigma, I feel like things will, you know, get better. In due time, I'm hoping that when I'm in my 50s or if I'm in my 60s and I'm a granddad, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, back in my day, we we broke the stigma and now it's okay to talk about your mental health. (laughs) But shifting gears from that, last question before I go ahead and let you go is I know you talked about how you've grown and evolved in the past three to five years. If you could give a piece of advice to that old Harley from a couple of years back, what would you say to her? Um, I think I would say to her, it sounds so cliche, but just trust the process and don't rush. Like I used to have all these set goals for myself. Like by 25, I want to have this done. By 30, I want to have this done, which in hindsight, I think is good because I have those like long-term goals for myself. But at the same time, I was so fixated on if I'm not doing this by this age, that's, like the path is ruined. Like if I'm not doing this by then, I'm just going to be like stuck. And I used to put a lot of pressure on myself about just little things, you know? And it just, it wasn't worth it. Like if I just, that I really have that it, it is what it is mindset now. And that just makes things so much better. Like if I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm trying to get what I need to get done accomplished, if I meet that goal that day, I do. If I don't, I'll just try tomorrow, you know, but really just don't rush. Like what's supposed to happen will happen. And just trust the process, like in life too, like not even in just track, like in life, I just have to be patient and all that I do. And I feel like just giving myself grace over these past few years and just letting things flow. Like I always tell people like, okay, what do you have next? What are you doing next after you graduate? I'm like, I have some ideas of what I could be doing, but I'm really just, I'm just riding the wave of life. And I feel like that can be good for some people like me, like that's good for me, but for some, one other person that might not be good for them, which is okay. But I don't know, I'm just riding the wave and whatever's supposed to come next will come next. If it doesn't, it won't, but I know I'll reach that point at some point in my life, but just really be patient and just trust what God has in store for me. Right. I would say give myself time. And that's something I'm constantly telling myself now to just give myself time. But I feel like with everything in life, it's just about time. If it's the right time, it's the right time. 
if it's not the right time, then I just have to swallow my pride and set my ego aside and just talk to God and try to find that daily encouragement and just have the faith that things are just going to work out. I know saying it takes time is, is, is such a terrible saying. And I hate when people, I, I hate when people say it to me because just like, oh, like I'm tired of you saying that. But it's like I know. in the grand scheme of things, everything in life just takes time. And I have learned that and when I, I've learned that when I've given myself time. You know, and I'm more prepared mentally. Things go bright for me. You know, I took about mm-hmm. a, took about a three week break from doing a podcast. I had my dad's one year passing anniversary. Birthday was the following week, and I just had to give myself time. Now I'm slowly mm-hmm. stepping back into that water of doing more podcast episodes, and I'm just looking Good. to get back into it. And then when I need to take a break again, oh. I'm taking a break again. <laughs> but good as you should. Yeah. I'm just giving myself time, and that's all we can do. That's really all we can do. We can't rush things, can't force things that don't need to be here. So just let them come as they are. And so that's the best way to do it sometimes. Yep. Well, Harley, thank you so much again for your time. I know we're going to do one more episode together in the near future. Hopefully we can do it before you start your your, your part-time job. But, you know, once again, mm-hmm. thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait for next time. Yep. All right. Take care. All right. Sounds great. Yep. All right. This wraps up the podcast. Stay blessed and stay encouraged. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.